Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. We are now joined in the studio for the first time. We welcome the leader of the Labour Party, Ivana Batchik TD. Good morning to you, Ivana. Good morning, Alan. It's a real pleasure to be here. First off, I know in your role as leader of the Labour Party in Ireland, you want to extend your sympathies to people from England living here, from Britain living here at the moment, on the death of Queen Elizabeth. Absolutely, Alan, and, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. Uh, I paid tribute to uh, the to Queen of England last night on the sad news of her death, and I think it did come as a shock to all of us, seeing her looking so frail earlier this week as she swore in Liz Truss as the new Prime Minister. I think many of us were struck by the fact that she was, you know, she still looked upright and and, uh, and she was still obviously carrying out her uh, official duties, and yet two days later we see the sad news. So clearly it is very sad. I do want to extend my sympathies to her family, of course, to the people of Britain and as you say Alan to those here as well who will feel that real sense of loss and I think here in Ireland we have a real affection for her and a real you know and, and, and indeed our president Michael D Higgins paid a lovely tribute to her yesterday in particular because of that historic state visit she paid here in May yeah. 2011 which really did so much to strengthen positive relationships between Ireland and Britain and I think for that we'll always be be very appreciative and it was your predecessor or one of your predecessors Eamon Gilmore actually met her first is that is that right if that's I right Correctly. Yes, yeah. Eamon Gilmore was, of course, to Honishton, Minister for Foreign Affairs at the time in 2011, and he extended a welcome to her. And I think he spoke very poignantly about the experience of meeting her and just about how warm and how, uh, you know, and how uh, how warm she was personally, but also just the importance of her visit in, as I say, strengthening Anglo-Irish relations right. and strengthening really the working relationship between this island and, and Britain. And just before I move away from that, Ivana, I mean, do you think at the handshake with Martin McGuinness, uh, the arrival at the Garden of remembrance. Did she mend fences? Did she repair fences that needed to be repaired? Oh, I think she did. And, uh, you know, obviously we've all been watching the footage um, since the announcement yesterday. We've been watching that footage again and again of the of her words of Irish at the mm. state dinner of her really, uh, really upright, really uh, admirable, um, p- you know, posture and, and, sp- and, and speeches in the Garden of Remembrance, as you say, but also at all the functions and indeed at the, the real warmth uh, when she went to the English market in Cork. I mean, that was a particularly lovely uh, moment, I think, towards the end of the visit, uh, and again, I suppose, demonstrating a real warmth and a real positivity, which had hither- had previously not been so present in relations. So, I think, a very important moment. Let's move on now to why you're here. It's the party thinking. The doll returns next week. Um, you, you chose Wexford to come here. What's uh, the core theme of the party thinking? Well, in, we in Labour are delighted to be here in Wexford uh, t- yesterday and today. And of course, we have a long relationship with Wexford. We were welcomed by my great friend and colleague, Deputy Brendan Howlin, yeah. but also by our wonderful local councillors, George Lawler, of course, who's the career look of the county council, and Maura yeah. Bell, who's the mayor of Wexford Town. So it was really appropriate. We, we thought that we would come to Wexford and that we would have our parliamentary thinking here. And as you say, Alan, this is yeah. the thinking that political parties do, you know, in advance of the restart of the Dáil term. But it was so necessary this year more than ever as we face into this unprecedented series of crises. A housing crisis that's right. really hitting, a cost of living crisis that's squeezing so many households and now the energy and security crisis really, you know, brought about in no small part by Vladimir Putin's brutal invasion of Ukraine. So we're mm. seeing, but we're seeing the effects of that now really hitting home in so many households, so many families and individuals. So in Labour, we're very, we were very keen to gather together right. to put forward a really urgent call on 
government to adopt the necessary measures to tackle the hardships being faced by so many families, to do radical things, radical mm. things like, like, you know, bringing about a cap on childcare fees for families struggling with childcare. We think childcare fees could and should be brought down to two. Can I can I go through each of them individually Absolutely. rather than go yes, through them? But I, I just I have a gentleman called Jim who describes himself as old Labour. He says, "Could you ask Ivana Batchik? Labour is three percent in the polls. This is his view now. I, I'm not seeing any bounce. How is she going to attract me as a Labour loyalist back to the party? So there are some, probably some disenfranchised Labour Party people out there who would like to come back. How do you get them back? Well, I'm delighted to hear from Jim, and thank you very much, Jim, for that uh, message. It's always good to hear from people who have a support for Labour, who've supported us in the past, and who we hope to to bring back to the party. Certainly, it's a process, Alan, of, of growing the party, of rebuilding trust, and that's a process that I'm really committed to embarking upon. I know it's not a sh- it's not short term, but I suppose I've been in politics a long time. My favourite headline when I won the by-election in Dublin Bay South last summer was overnight success after 30 years. Right. And, you know, I think that it will take time, uh, but what we saw in the by-election was uh, the, a real appetite for the message of positive change that Labour has, that strong sense of the importance of the state in delivering services, the state in stepping up as we did in COVID to ensure that people aren't, uh, that people are supported, that people have access to a safe and secure home, have access to decent healthcare and childcare schemes, have access to supports in getting through financial hardship. Okay. So, so what you're saying to later. Jim is, what you're saying, give you a time to get your vision across. Well, we it? hope Jim will rejoin us and that people, that anyone like Jim who has okay. thought, who still has an affinity with Labour, who still believes in the Labour message and our core values of equality and solidarity, that they will come back to us. And indeed, we did see a huge, I suppose, revival of, of, uh, of, of trust in Labour in the by-election result last summer and a real sense that people wanted an alternative that wasn't Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael on one hand or yeah. indeed Sinn Féin on the other, that they wanted the Labour message and they wanted to see Labour values brought back to the fore. Uh, how far away do you think we are from a general election, Ivana? The, the, the rumour machine is, is rife at the moment. I know that there are individuals stepping up a little bit because uh, I can sense it. I'm a local radio presenter, yes. so I can sense it. I know the vibe I get. So... Uh, do you, are we close to a general election, do you think? Well, just as you feel it as a radio presenter here in, in in Wexford, so too, you know, when I go around the country visiting our brilliant local Labour reps and councillors around the country and uh, indeed in even my own constituency in Dublin, I hear the real... Uh, the real anguish, the real concern and the real fear that so many families and, ha- and households are experiencing as we face into this bleak winter and I think that as you say translates into a sense of discontent right. with government and there's no doubt government need to do a lot more, they need to step up, they've been asleep at the wheel in terms of really bringing forward measures to restore people's certain sense of certain certainty and security in this winter so we are ready for a general election if and when it comes, we know right. the government have lost their overall majority so it's certainly uh, it's certainly not a given that they'll get through this winter, uh, we know that uh, you know, if we were to look at it in terms of when is it uh, due to happen, the next general election is not officially, doesn't have to happen until 2025. But the reality is that there is that sense of fear. There it's is that sense earlier. of anger. It could well come earlier, but we're ready right. for it when it does. All right, the next question, uh, and again, uh, I want to get back to the core issues like housing, cost of living, etc. But before I move away from electioneering, or not electioneering, but the election question. Sinn Féin, according to a lot of people, are going to absolutely fly in uh, in the next... That's the general consensus that's been shared with me. People are tired of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil and the Greens. This is just on the core of what I'm getting from comments that come in. Would you, if asked, 
link in with Sinn Féin? Could you see a Sinn Féin Labour coalition? Well, first of all, I think there is a real sense of anger and discontent with the government, as I say, because of that sense of fear and insecurity among so many people and households as we face this winter. Uh, and that's that's for sure. And that's manifested everywhere I go. Uh, however, I don't believe that the polls are, you know, may be necessarily accurate if and when the next election is. And indeed, the results in the general election February mm. 2020 confounded polls, as did my own by-election result last summer. But look, our, my own position as leader of Labour is I must focus on building confidence and, and support for our party and the values of our party. And that is my focus. I'm right. not focused on other parties. What I want to do is to build Labour to a point where we have a critical mass to enable us to, yeah. yes, to go into government if we can, to deliver And would you change. rule out Sinn Féin or, or contemplate working with them? At this point, I am focused on rebuilding Labour, rebuilding support for okay. our values and our, and our members and indeed our candidates in the next general and in the locals in 2024, of course. And that is my clear focus, not in other parties. And what I hear from people around the country is that they want to be, to, they want a government in place that will deliver for them, that will mm. ensure that an Ireland will, Ireland will work for them yeah. on care, on climate, on jobs, yeah. on housing. These are the key issues people want. I'm just trying to get a direct answer to my direct question. Are you ruling Sinn Féin in or out? Or are you ruling all parties in or out? And I'll move away from that question. At this point, Alan, we simply can't say. We oh, are, okay. at this point, focused on rebuilding Labour. We are at a point where we need to in, focus all our strength and all our energies on presenting our progressive policy platform, our okay. left of centre platform, that has a strong ask to ensure that, that Ireland will work for us all and that we will see real change delivered. That's our positive message. I know you stepped out of the thinking to join me, so I want to get on now to those core issues. Cost of living, housing, health and education. So I'll let you go through each of those headings for me. Cost of living. I've got people, uh, pensioners texting me yesterday to say, could I ask Eamon Ryan, if I'm ever speaking to him, to put uh, candles and extra food allowances into the budget. There are people in this county, as you're speaking to me today, who can either make a choice of putting heating in their home, petrol in their tank, or food on the table. What can you do or what would you recommend is done to change things for those people? Well, first, just to say, it is an appalling scenario to see in Ireland in 2022 people having been feeling that they are forced to choose between heating or eating, between putting food on the table or having enough uh, to pay for their fuel bills. I'm getting those comments every day. I'm I'm hearing it myself. I recently met a a food bank who tell me that they're delivering, they're giving food, they're giving free meals, not only to people who are not working, but to the people who are in work, people who are themselves, in some cases, delivering food to others and yet cannot afford to buy food for themselves. So I think all of us are so conscious of the real hardship being caused by the cost of living crisis. What are we saying government should do to address this? Yes. Well, we say in Labour, first of all, Ireland needs a pay rise, we need to see an increase in the minimum wage and we need to see measures brought in to ensure more money left in people's pockets so that they can meet the rising costs of fuel, of energy, of, of food and of housing. So a few key things we're calling on government to do in yes. this budget. Radical measures. I mo- mentioned childcare that is a real crunch cost for so many families. We believe childcare costs can and should be capped at €200 Euro per month and that the government can do this. We've got costings from the Department of Finance. €270 million would ensure that families don't have to pay more than 200 per month per child. That would bring us into line with European childcare and early years education figures. So that's one way. Okay. Another way we say is let's look at public transport because we know transport costs are huge for many people. In Germany we've seen trialled a wonderful proposal, a climate ticket 
nine euro per month buys you free, buys you effectively free, heavily subsidised travel on any public transport, uh, bus or train throughout the country. And that's the measure we're proposing government should introduce in this budget to alleviate pressure of transport costs. Nine euro per month, a climate ticket. It would cost 150 million euro to bring that in till the end of this year on a trial basis. Let's see it done. It has an extra effect, of course, of helping us reduce our climate uh, emissions, our carbon emissions. And we've seen that really effective in Germany. We believe it can and should be done here. And for, and labor, for us in Labour also, we believe in universal health care. We want to see free GP care extended to all children, all those under 18. And we're calling on government to do that now because, again, we don't want to see families faced with that unbearable choice of not being able to, the unbearable reality to me, that of sounds not being able to help Ivana, but can you get it across the line? We're told that the exchequer is strong at the moment, but it's not a bottomless pit. Do you think what you just mentioned to me there is realistic? Can it be done? I think it can and should. I think we're seeing our Europe, other European countries doing what might have been unthinkable things. We're, we've all, uh, you know, we saw in the budget figures last week a 6.3 billion surplus. We've got this extraordinary paradox in Ireland, or you know, a, a contradiction, if you like, where we've got really strong uh, economic figures at that level, and yet people struggling to get by and faced with these awful choices around heating costs and around uh, food costs and so on. So we do need to see that investment. We need to see urgent measures also on the energy price issue specifically Alan we've called for a windfall tax on excessive profits from energy companies we've called for a cap on prices and we've called for extending the fuel allowance yeah. eligibility it's very set very low currently we believe more families more of the people who are on who are just above the minimum threshold now for fuel allowance eligibility should be brought in so these are measures that in fact are being addressed today at european level because i think right. there's a real consciousness that radical things need to be done now to address this hardship for Time is catching up. I mean, can I just get a comment on you on housing? Because I know the the, uh, the council returns on Monday. I, I'll be going to the meeting and I know housing is way high on the agenda, as your councillors here will tell you, as anyone will tell you, and anywhere you go. Uh, can I get a quick comment? What's your stance on housing, please? It's a huge issue. And I've heard it today in Wexford from George Lawler, from Maura Bell, but all around the country we hear it from all our councillors, from all our reps. We're very conscious of the huge issue it is. Evictions have gone up. People are faced with unaffordable increases in mortgage costs, in rent costs. So we and Labour have brought in a renter's rights bill. We're pushing government to do this, to look for a freeze on rents, for a ban on evictions and for massive investment in a public building programme. Building 20,000 houses a year, that's the sort of ambition we need to see to address what is an absolutely chronic crisis around the country. There's a, an incredible backstory to you that I'd love to discuss with you at a different day in a different situation. Your family background, your paternal granddad was in a Nazi concentration camp. He came to Waterford eventually and he helped set up Waterford for Crystal, is that right? That's absolutely right, Alan. I was That's very, an incredible story. It's, it, it, it was the story we grew up with, of course, and I yeah. was very close to my grandpa and I was really, really honoured and delighted to speak at a ceremony in Waterford City this summer where uh, the council named a plaza after my grandfather in recognition of his founding role in re-establishing yeah. Waterford Crystal after the war. He was indeed in the Czech resistance. He was imprisoned by the Nazis and came to Ireland because he wanted to come to a neutral country and he'd had, had links here. Yeah. He'd been a glass manufacturer in the Czech Republic. So that's that is the backstory, yes. Thank you for joining me in studio. Interesting days ahead, but we must keep our chins up, mustn't we? We must try and stay positive. Absolutely. Thank you, Alan. And, you know, I'm really, really grateful to you for giving me the chance to come on the air to talk about Labour's positive message for change. We believe, you know, we can get through this, but we do need to see government step up and we'll be certainly putting pressure on them to do so over the coming term. That's the Labour Party leader, Ivana Batchik. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.